The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World It's time for a different take on spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Well, welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter. I'll be your host for today. I'm kind of a spiritual journeyman and media producer type guy. I run a website with online courses called youthrivehere.com. Joining me today as co-host is Spiritual Rebel, Sarah Bowen. Sarah is the author of Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm okay, Jim. I seem to be settling into the fact that it's almost fall. I don't want to think about that We yet. don't want to think of, okay, I, I, I take it back. Rewind the tape. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tapes. That's what we still use. Oh my gosh, tapes. I remember that. So I understand, I mean, you were just telling me a moment ago, and I'm going to call you out on it, that you had an experience with a pet communicator recently. Tell me about that a little bit. I did. You know, the edges of what I'm willing to do seem to be expanding every year. Uh, <laughs> we had a problem with uh, our cats here in lockdown. They've gotten a little loopy with us being around so much. And one of the cats saw a stray outside the window and he got uh, upset, and since he couldn't attack it, he attacked his little brother. Ooh. And we had an $800 vet bill, right? Oh my gosh. And, and a lot of stress in the house. And so I called an online radio show with a pet communicator to see if maybe I could figure out what was up with my cat. And was it helpful? It really was. Like, you know, all of these things, I, you know, I've given up the idea of trying to figure out how things work, Right. Or, you know, what the, what the mechanics are specifically. But um, she asked me a couple questions. And then she said to me, hey, Sarah, your cat is angry. And I was like, oh. You know, I wasn't willing to accept that he might be angry at me because I'm perfect. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then she asked me gently some other questions um, about it. And you know what? Between that and some, some Reiki for the cats, uh, we're getting back to normal. So... I think I'm forever remembering that, you know, I, I should not say uh, no to things before I try them. Well, it's very interesting. And like today's episode, I, I don't know anything about the Akashic Records. I honestly don't. And so I'm really interested in talking with Cheryl about uh, about what they are and exploring that side of things. Because, you know, it's it's new to me. And I, I like you, I like to, I like to expand and, and see what else is out there. Yeah. And you know, what was really interesting is even just the process of having someone ask me questions and have me listen 
you know, to my intuition as well, is helpful. So, you know, when she would ask me, hey, have you moved something in your house recently? And I was like, oh, we moved that thing Bub likes to climb on. No wonder he's ticked off, right? So (laughs) I think just the process of that was helpful for me. And there might have been something, you know, super special with the force going on there between her and the cat. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, my cat, we just celebrated his gotcha day yesterday. And um, he uh, he got as a prize. He got his uh, this little catnip mousy, or not a catnip mousy. It was a catnip uh, owl, and he's been going crazy on that. He's high as everything. <laughs> he's having a good old time. So he's <laughs> our cat's doing fine. So I don't need the pet psychic right now, but maybe down the line. But you know what? You know, our for those of us who have uh, four leggeds in our house who are family members, uh, they need they need holistic wellness and they need spiritual help and they need all the things we need too. So it's nice to have a big stable of folks to be able to pull from when there is trouble. Sure, and it's also you know there's wisdom that we pull from our pets that sometimes we don't think about enough. So oh, I think they're that's so important. much smarter. They're so much smarter than I am. Yeah. My cats are brilliant. All right. Do you have a quote for dueling inspirational quotes today? I do. And today I actually have a paragraph of a quote. Oh my goodness. I know I'm loquacious today. Here we go. Deep in our bones lies an intuition that we arrive here carrying a bundle of gifts to offer to the community. Over time, these gifts are meant to be seen, developed, and called into the village at times of need. To feel valued for the gifts with which we are born affirms our worth and dignity. In a sense, it is a form of spiritual employment. Simply being who we are confirms our place in the village. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah, right? I thought that was timely for what's going on right now and how we're all being kind of asked to serve in new ways. That is Francis Weller, uh, who is the author of the book, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. And that's a quote from the book. Wow. I love that. That's very good. That's very good. All right. Here's mine. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. Oh, I love that. Feathers. Okay. Who is that? Emily Dickinson. And that's... Yeah, I got that from a book called The Power uh, Power Your Life with a Positive by uh, Cyrus Webb, which yeah, I don't really know much about the book. I just, uh, I, I purchased it at one of the stores recently and it looks very interesting, but I love that quote. It, it, it soothes my soul a little bit. Yeah, and, and I like that idea of hope being something that's moving. Yes. Right, as opposed to static or stuck or that there's some sort of, perfect vision of what hope is because right now uh, we certainly need a fluid version of what hope is. We certainly do. We certainly do. All right. Are you ready to jump in today's episode? Let's do it. All right. Let's go. Here's Martha Creek with a unity moment. Hi and blessings, friends. This is Martha Creek, marthacreek.com to contact me directly. The idea, the thought for today is bring your whole self 
to the experience of life. Bring your whole self to life's experience. That means leave no part out. Whoa. Oh, I don't want to leave. I don't want to include that I'm grumpy sometimes. I don't want to include that I'm blaming and nitpicking and fault finding. It's like, well, that's the most important parts to bring in, to include, because we've disintegrated those parts over time. So imagine you had a photo of yourself printed on thick, stick, stiff cardboard, like a puzzle, a photo of you on a big poster board. Now imagine the photo was not just of your face, but it represented every multidimensional image of you, every part of your personality, every part of your life experience. Now imagine that board was cut like a laser into a jigsaw puzzle. And visualize spreading all of the 1,000 interlocking pieces out on a table and starting to assemble the puzzle. Include every part. You might come upon a puzzle piece you don't like. For example, fear. Well, no, no, I'm not going to put fear in. I'm going to leave that piece out. Or you might come upon greed or lust or gluttony or some of the things that we've been taught are B-A-D, 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 bad, bad, bad. And so it would continue if we don't consciously stop and say that these aspects of ourself are acceptable. They're part of us. They've taught us things. We've learned from them. And if we don't put them in place, we would not even recognize ourselves in the puzzle because we're only a fragmented self. We're only a fragmented image. You, we wouldn't be able to see the whole picture. So we all like to look good, don't we? We want to show up as capable and strong and intelligent and sensitive and spiritual and well-adjusted. A positive self-image. Well, this is about accepting that that is a part of it, but also a part of it is fear, anger, helplessness, confusion, bewilderment. Everything that we formerly called undesirable is also an aspect of ourselves too. So this is about including it all. It is the exploration of our inner lives and are including all of these aspects that facilitates us in forming an empathetic bridge for all of our experiences. And to the degree that we can do that for ourselves, then and only then can we be that bridge for others. Wholeness does not mean perfection. Wholeness means inclusivity. It means no part is left out. So, who would you be in life? How much stress could you shed if you allowed for all these aspects of yourself and brought it all of yourself, the wholeness of yourself, your whole self to life's experiences? Imagine. Blessings, friends. MarthaCreek.com to contact me. Funniest Thing Guy, Ed Biagioti, joins us with a new segment. 
Hello, it is Ed Biagioti, co-host of Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed right here on Unity Online Radio. And I am here to share on Big Universe about the topic of being part of the universe. Now we ourselves are connected in an integral part of the universe. Remember, and I learned this from Charles Fillmore, that the word universe literally means one song. And I think too often when we're praying and meditating and pondering spiritual things, we think about that there's only one power, that it's God, that it's love, that it's goodness. But I think too often for myself, I've learned that I leave myself out of that equation. And as a result, it sets up this sort of like martyrdom or, oh, I don't care. It's like, you know, I don't really need what I desire. But the thing is, I can't really be a living embodiment of this truth unless I'm included in the truth that all is well, that all is good, that we live in an abundant and wonderful universe. In the book Celebrate Yourself by Eric Butterworth, there's a chapter called The Universe and You. And he says, all that surrounds you in the vast cosmos, from the infinitely great to the minuscule, has meaning because you have meaning. The universe is abundant and unlimited in every aspect. If it were limited, it would have long since depleted itself. There is always enough of everything to go around. You may say, for a person of my years, I do pretty well. After all, life takes its toll. Nonsense, he says. There is no premium to living. There is enough life for all persons and for all time. And backing that up from the book Prosperity Now by Mar Mary Catherine McDougall, who's another Unity author, she says, Let us earnestly question ourselves. Do we really think that there is a set amount for each of us to enjoy and have? Is God actually an arbitrary parent who says, You can have this and no, and no more? Do we really think that down deep in our heart that there are some things too good for us to desire or to have? She says, let us be honest. What do we really think? If we have reservations about our good, about what we can expect, then we can start to correct them. Thank goodness. It will help, and then she, she says, it'll help us to read and the answer to all these questions in John from the Bible, where it says, Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. So the interesting thing about this is, for me, one of the things that sticks out to me is that Jesus is saying, you've asked nothing in my name. And when I think about what that means to me, it means that too often I ask for things out of desperation. I beg for them. I plead for them. But Jesus is always known for teaching people that they don't have to be beggars that they should pick up their mat and walk, that they should realize that they are heirs to the kingdom. So when we ask in Jesus' name or in the name of the law, which is ever-increasing good, we're asking from a different vantage point. We're asking from a place of knowing and worthiness. And then we go out and be jo a joyful part of this wonderful universe and share the good that bubbles up from within us because we feel free. We no longer feel desperate. We no longer think that we need to belittle ourselves in order to prove our worthiness because we came into this life worthy. We came into this life as a channel, an expression 
an embodiment of this unlimited good. So when we say we are part of the universe, we're saying that we are part of the one song. And that's exciting. That's very, very exciting. Because it, it, when I step back and really meditate on that and feel the fullness of my awareness of the universe come flooding in and realize that I am one with everyone on this planet, with all the animals, with all the good, and beyond this planet, the planets that are outside of our um, atmosphere, out, you know, that are circling around in our solar system, and even beyond. When I really take a step back and recognize that I am one with all of this, I am flooded with infinite possibility, new ideas, new creativity, and a new sense of well-being. So remember, you are part of the one song. Take some time to reflect and meditate on that. And remember that Daryl and Ed from Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed love you. It has been a pleasure to talk to you on Big Universe. And now it's time for our interview. Cheryl Marlene is the world's leading authority on the Akashic Records with more than 20 years experience. She conducts Akashic Record readings and teaches students to access them for themselves and others through her signature Akashic Records Master Course and book series. Her exploration in the fields of futurism and consciousness takes her to the cutting edge. She likes to say her work is bringing the future to you today to help prepare you for what you will need tomorrow. Watch for her latest book to do your work, which is due out this fall. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for joining us on Big Universe. Hey, Jim. Hey, Sarah. It's really great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so excited. Um, you know, we were just having a quick conversation about Battlestar Galactica. So we know you're our people, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you made the clarification that it was the, new, uh, the newer version and not the original version. So yes, that was important, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I have to say before reading your book, I knew very, very little about the Akashic mm -hmm. Records. And I thought, you know, you would be the great person to explore yeah. this with and kind of do a, a, a Akashic Records 101 session, if you'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'm happy. I love it. I'm ready for it. Whatever uh, you question, I'm ready to do it. Awesome. All right, so the first question is the most obvious one, and that is, what are the Akashic Records? Yeah, that's the place to start, all right. Um, the way that I want to start with that is to give you what I call my elevator speech. And it's the thing where I'm in public and someone says, oh, what is the Akashic Records? This is what I say. I say, think about that part of yourself that's eternal, like what we call the soul. And as it moves through the time and space of the universe, that motion creates an energetic record. And that record is your Akashic record. So going into the Akashic records, it's like going into the origin of your soul and turning around and looking, your life, looking at your life from that point of view. So, that, yeah. That's so a good for, explanation, yeah. Uh, yeah, so for me, the most important part about that is that it's, we're talking about energy, right? I mean, if you go out there and you look at a lot of places, um, what they say about the Akashic Records is something like, it's a book in a heavenly library, it's a storehouse of everything past, present, and future. And while those things are at least metaphorically true, um, they, they kind of create sort of a glass ceiling that keeps you from really understanding the depth of it from an energetic point of view. So. That's so my, why I start that way. 
Yeah, and that makes sense because you know I was I was questioning you know the the idea of where this I mean I don't even know if we can answer the question of where this comes from you know there's the there's the oh book. I can answer that <laughs> oh go hey go for it um well and that's part of the whole point about talking about this um, as energy because you're talking about energy flows from what is is beyond what we think of as the physical world so it's like beyond the etheric it's beyond the causal the astral it's beyond the quantum potential and it you're moving into pure consciousness and so what you're talking about then instead of it being a thing like a book or a storehouse what you're really talking about is that it's a process of knowing that comes to us from what i would call like divine consciousness divine mind the one source, what, however you want to describe that, right? So, so then that's why you have things like a book and a storehouse as metaphors, because trying to explain, you know, the source, you know, that it comes from the source of divine mind is kind of a big thing. That <laughs> is a, that's a slightly yeah. big thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it gets there. <laughs> kind of like the big universe. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, you know, I guess, you know, there's some people have this notion that there's like some guy named George or something or some lady named Sally who's writing this down. How do we get the concept of this, this energetic thing? I mean, right. Is there, there's nobody actually writing this book or anything. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's nobody writing it. And that's because the whole motion, the energetic motion of the records happens in the present moment. It happens now in the asking. So that the sense of writing is more an idea of how you explain something in a book. Um, and when you begin to understand it from the, um, the kind of the broader perspective that I'm trying to describe here, then what you get to is an understanding that you're, it, it's, it's something that happens now when you ask. Hmm. Interesting. Right? So the, you know, some people that when you talk about the book of life, some people talk about it as, as mm -hmm. a judgment thing, you know, yeah. that, that you're going to come yeah. down to judgment, but it's right. not, it's not that, is it? Or is it? Well, um, no, I mean that, see, in the early part of the history of the Akashic Records in like modern history, um, people like Helena Blavatsky and Edgar Cayce used the concept of the book of life to try to explain what the Akashic records were. And basically they equated the same, they said the Akashic records were the same thing as the book of life. And so then you start down the road of what the book of life is. And yes, you end right smack in the middle of judgment and destiny and what your lot in life is. Um, and all of those are then concepts that get hooked onto the Akashic records. And it's not that there isn't information and there isn't things about your destiny there, but it's not ultimately something that's going to be used against you in some way that like is described, you know, in the books of Abraham by, you know, what happens at the, at the moment of final judgment. Okay. That clarifies some things for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how did you first, we've got about three minutes before we have to take a break. How did okay. you first, uh, how did you first encounter this? I mean, how did you get into the whole study of this? Yeah, I ran into somebody who did Akashic Record readings, I actually started doing shamanic journeying work with that person, found out they did Akashic Records, 
and then took a workshop and off I was off I went. <laughs> and did you get a special sense that you had you had a talent for this? Did people have a talent for this or is it something that can be developed? Um yeah, I think I have a talent for it. I have to be honest. If I've been doing it for 20 years, then yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, you know, I mean, but on the other hand, it's something, especially with the way that I talk about it, that part of the idea here is that, that this is something that anybody is capable of learning to do, right? You don't have to have some special certificate or, you know, think you have major psychic powers or any of that kind of thing. Um, it's more about whether you feel like you um, are going to be able to put in the effort to learn how to do it for yourself. That's interesting because Sarah offers many uh, certificates and all kinds of different things. And this is a, <laughs> this is a one that I think she offers. Oh, Jim, but I call it the fours. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, oh, again, we just have a couple of minutes, but what kind of stuff is in the Akashic Records? And we can continue this after our break, but what, what, what do you find in there? Well, I break it down into three basic components. One is that there's knowing information. The second is, is that there is healing, especially when you consider healing as balance. Um, and then the third is that there is... Um, an ability to encounter this as spiritual practice. So in terms of what, you know, those are probably more like benefits. Mm -hmm. And then outside of that, though, is pretty much like anything you want to ask about, right? Mm -hmm. So like what I say to people is, what do you want to know? What do you want to let go? Because mm -hmm. it's, it's wherever you're at and whatever needs to happen to let go to help you get there. Um, I mean, most people come to me because they're stuck someplace, right? right. You know, and, and so that encounters all of the aspects of what it means to be human. There's no limit there. Right, right. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on Big Universe. Before we leave this segment, I want to play one of my favorite songs or at least a clip from one of my favorite songs called Let It Out by Faith Rivera. Strength than I've known, I have within me greater talent to express, more courage I can muster, more faith that I can show. Oh, I am ready. Turn it loose, turn it on. I'm gonna bring it on. Let it shine, let it soar, be brighter than before. Dance and sing, do my thing. I'm gonna bring it. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
Welcome back to a slightly off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Welcome back to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. We're talking with Cheryl Marlene about the Akashic Records. So I guess you were talking about the records being kind of, is it kind of a fluid thing? So it's not anything that's written in stone at, at any point or is it? No, it's not in the way that you would think about it. Like, you know, like it, you write a book or something like that. No, mm -mm, mm -mm. because it's happening within conscious, you know, divine consciousness. So it's happening in this moment. So when you go in and you have a session with someone, mm -hmm. what is that like? I mean, do you, is it a, do they give, they, they ask a question, you encourage them to ask questions mm -hmm. and then do you kind of give an idea of where they're at and where they might be going or how does that work exactly? Yeah. So the way that I work, so the way that I offer readings, it's always based on people's questions. And that's because everything at the level, cause we're going into the Akashic records at the level of the soul. And I mean, first of all, in terms of information there, like just for one person's Akashic records would be, quantity of information would be like what's equal to all the information in the library of congress right, right. i mean it's like a huge amount and right. so what's relevant though is what's relevant to the person's intention so that's okay. why people ask questions so i don't open someone's record and then say this is what you need to know i say what would you like to know and then we go from there um, I also don't get super worried. Like I'm not doing a lot of time, a lot of trying to coach people on what kinds of questions or, you know, like trying to ask the perfect question. And that's because um, I believe that the intention that someone has is going to be in however they ask the question. So, and since so many of us, like, you know, we're always judging ourselves and getting, you know, like we're not doing right and we're not being perfect or whatever questions just don't need to be another thing that you beat yourself up for. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that then the readings basically just flow from the questions and people are, I think a lot of times are really surprised that, that what they ask gets them to what they need to know, right? Like it, it, it all comes together. Um, and often sometimes, you know, people start, especially their first time, they'll say, okay, I got a long list of questions here. Let's see if we can get through them. And we go through maybe the first second and then towards the end of the answer of the second question, it's answering question number three, question number four, right? Without them even having asked it. Um, so um, that's basically that the records then are responding to the intention of the person. Um, and, and that's all happening at an energetic level. So, so I have a question. I, I remember I actually had my records read once. Uh -huh. uh, I was telling Jim earlier, it was, it was kind of an odd experience. Um, one of the things that came up for me um, was a lot of fear around um, consent and privacy and what oh. someone was going to see. Can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that when you're working with someone? Yeah, that's a really interesting thing to, to look at because um, one of the things that's different about what I do 
with the records is that I, I've done this for myself. Part of it was, uh, it was a, a bit how I was taught, but it was also then how the records coached me to teach others. And that is, is that before you even begin to open the records, you make um, a set of agreements with the records about how and when you're going to open the records. So for example, in opening the records for others, um, the basic agreement is, is that you will never open the records for someone unless they ask you. And I don't mean higher self to higher self or in the middle of a dream, someone asks me kind of thing. They've got to, it's got to be here in reality. They have to ask me, right? So like when someone makes an appointment with me, basically they're asking me to open their records. So, um, and then the other thing is that I never offer. So I don't, I wouldn't say to you, you know, Sarah, it looks like you need a reading. <laughs> <laughs> right? There um, probably does need a reading, but you're kind to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then that way, consent is always given, right? And it's never assumed. And that's what's really important. And then that's also part of the reason why it, the reading ends up being based on questions is because it's about what you want to deal with. And, and so that means... I'm not on a search to look for things that you're not, you know, you don't want me to see, or I, you know, that's none of my business, right? That's, that's just not what I do. So I focus on the question at hand and whatever comes from that through that is what Got it. Got it. That, that sounds, yeah. that sounds lovely. My reading was a little where there was a lot of information coming from a lot of different voices that were speaking to the other person. And I felt a little overwhelmed with everything that was coming at me. Your process seems yeah. like it's, it's much more um, kind of streamlined yeah. uh, to, to what someone's trying to work around as opposed to just, Hey, let's open them and see what flies in. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, what's the point? Um, and and that's another reason why I mean a lot of people one of the things they'll ask me in the records were like what are the names of their guides in the records right because that is one of the things that's interesting for me about the records at least is that you're dealing actually with what I think of as a collective of, of responders right and and when I address them I refer to them as the masters teachers and loved ones but it's, it can be a really big group, like, I mean, big, like, I don't know, a thousand people kind of thing or entities. Um, sometimes it's smaller, but, but the records don't want to individualize themselves because they want the response to come as one voice to the person. Um, and so, like, I, I mean, I've, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't know the names of my master's teachers and loved ones I haven't bothered to ask partly because I don't need to and partly because it's it, it, it's not it, it, it why mm -hmm. <laughs> you know why, why do, do you need that, that? Yeah. yeah exactly I don't know why but I'm getting an image of uh the sorting hat in uh in the Harry Potter <laughs> and I'm just my concern my first question to the uh to the Akashic <laughs> Records is am I going in Slytherin or not um <laughs> no jim you're hufflepuff am i yeah. hufflepuff right don't you think cheryl yeah i i yes not not slurring sorry <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about the the records being sort of a flow of past present future what what does that mean exactly 
Well, what I'm saying is, is that it's more than a flow of past, present, and future. Okay. Because, so one, I think one of the most important, probably even controversial things that I've learned in working the records is the difference between what I call the static view and the dynamic view. Okay. The static view means that your awareness is going to be limited by linear time, by past, present, and future. So you think of every, all energy flowing that way, right? From past to present to future. Um, it's it's three-dimensional space. Um, <clears throat> and there's nothing wrong with that view, but it, the problem comes is when you think that's the only view. Okay. Um, whereas the dynamic view is taking in everything from the point of view of the infinite and the eternal. So it's infinite time and eternal space mm -hmm. or, right. And so in that time, you know, there isn't linear time. Okay. And so you're talking about awareness and consciousness at a level that, you know, like that's where our brains start to boggle. Cause like, what is it if you don't have linear time? But when you start to be consider that and to think about it, then you begin to understand why it would be to say that the Akashic records are a flow of energy because now you're considering the motion of all of it beyond the limitations of linear time and space. Oh, I love that. So that then, you know, so that does the work. So, so then, cause you know, when I, so when I first learned my records pretty quickly started saying I should teach and I'm like, you know, I don't have enough experience. So at a certain point, I finally said to them, cause I thought, ha ha ha, this would slow them down. I would say, well, if you want me to teach, then you're going to have to tell me what you are and how you work. Because at the time there wasn't really anything. And I knew just instinctively from my experience that there was something more than linear time and space in this. So in a, like a 45 minute download, I got like what turned into a hundred pages of a book, but the, they started out by saying everything is energy and energy flows on a continuum from potential to form. So that, that what we think of as re, you know, physical reality is form. What we think of as divine consciousness is potential and the Akashic records as a flow of knowing exists across that entire continuum and is accessible across that continuum, which explains why there's all these different ways to open the Akashic records. Some, most of them are more towards the form end of the, the continuum. Um, the way I do it is, toward, is much towards pretty much at the potential end of the continuum. So let's say Jim wanted to open the records. Uh-huh. How would Jim do that? Um, he would either take your course my, first. Right, 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 exactly. He'd either right. get my book or he'd take my workshop. <laughs> but I mean, what you do is you learn the agreements that you're going to make. Um, and, and in fact, well, the way I teach it, I teach people to open their own records first and then how to open the records of other. And when I say other, I don't mean just other people. I mean all other flows of energy. So first you're learning how to work with yours. And there's two reasons to start with your own because one is um, 
you learn the flow of the energy of your own so that when you start opening the records for like say other people, you're not dropping your stuff in their records or their, oh, I see. Uh-huh. right. Um, and the other part of it is because whenever someone first starts to learn how to work in the records, they have what I, at some point they're going to have what I think of as a truth crisis. And that means, or a trust crisis is because they're trying to decide whether they can trust themselves to do this. Right. Cause at some point it hits you, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> and, and so can you trust yourself? Can you trust the process? Can you trust me? Can you trust the records, right? You got to through, go through trust and it takes you through a spiritual practice that helps you let go of whatever stands in your way of trust. So that when you then learn how to open the records for someone else, you've, you've done that work. And because when you learn how to open the records for other, basically your the crisis there is your own sense of um, self-worth, your own sense of uh, confidence, right? And who am I to open the records and answer questions for other people? Hmm. Um, and so learning to feel comfortable with yourself and feel that you are worthy to be able to do that is the, pro- is the process that you go through spiritually when you learn how to open the records for other. So... So Jim or Sarah, both of you, I mean, that's, that's the process you would go through, right? And so the agreements that are there, there to support you in that, as well as create an ethical framework so that when you do start working with the records, either for yourself or for others, you are within, you know, within an ethics that can support the highest level of integrity possible. So the agreements that you, that you agree to, uh-huh. is that, is that, I mean, these are specific things that you agree, like they're ethical standards and. Yes. Yes. So, you know, the, the the ones for yourself basically are things like, um, um, you know, that you're going to, you know, that you're only going to open the records for yourself, right? You're not learning how to do this for someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and it's going to suggest some things like maybe, you know, you don't want to have a whole bottle of wine and then open up your records. <laughs> you know? Hey, Jim. Oh, I'll have to note that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, some, you know, I mean, some common everyday, you know, common sense kinds of things, right, that, that um, are going to help you stay there. The, the ones for yourself are based on the five steps of the spiritual path. So they take you through, you know, beginner's mind, present moment, um, intention, integrity, and sacred, sacred space, which are all the things that you need to be able to open the records for yourself. Um, then when you go into the agreements for other, like I said, you don't, you're never opening for, unless someone asks you, you don't offer um, and then you, um, it has some agreements about um, how you're going to basically learn first before you start doing this for others. So you don't just learn the whole process and the next day you start opening for people. Oh, I'm dying to ask you a question. Okay. Um, <laughs> do other beings beyond humans have Akashic records? Yes. Oh, good answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I meant when I said all others, all other flows of energy. So if you wanted to open, well, like say you wanted to open the records of your podcast, The Big Universe, there's an Akashic record for that. Oh, Jim, oh, okay. do, we, do we have a lot of, <laughs> do we have a lot of listeners in there? 
Millions, <laughs> Jim. We have millions of listeners. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to ask me to open it for me to know that. But I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Um, in terms okay. of um, actually diving into the records, how do you know that you're getting the records and not your imagination? Great question. This is why it's a trust issue. Um, <clears throat> because initially, as a beginner, you don't know. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that's part of why I have the agreements, the process, the blessing, because what you, what basically what I say to a beginner is when you do the process um, and you say the records are open, whatever you get's the records. Mm -hmm. And when you say the records are closed, now it's not the records. I mean, there may be other knowing that comes forward, but um, you in the beginning, honestly, you know, you don't really, I mean, you, you don't really know for sure, right? A hundred percent for sure. And that's also because, you know, um, there's the whole issue of what you would think is accuracy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and initially the best way to focus is instead of focusing on accuracy is to focus on your awareness of what you're receiving and how you're receiving and not holding back on that. So that as you practice over time, you're going to learn what is the records and what is not the records, right? So like, and, and part of it too, is that when you have your, like, say you have your records open, you have the conversation that's going on inside of you. You have the conversation that's going on with the records and you're learning to make a difference between those two things. So I find with, with new people learning, the best thing to do is just to say, it, just to be very clear, this is what the record says right now. This is what it's not. And over time with practice, you're going to learn the difference, right? Because it's the difference I know at this point. Mm -hmm. And I know that because of the experience I've had, right? So when I first started out, I wasn't sure. I wasn't trustworthy, uh, you know, trusting of myself. Mm -hmm. And over time, I've had enough experience that says when I show up and I do it this way and I make this connection where I'm aware of where the connection is, that's the records. Just as that learning that connection has also helped me understand that I also have other connections of knowing, right? So every connection of knowing is not necessarily the Akashic records. Yeah, talk about knowing, because you say that's that's a really important part of when you when you learn mm -hmm. to work with the uh, the records. Tell me about knowing. What do you what do yeah, you mean by well, that? So so if we go back to that idea, that everything is energy, and energy flows on a continuum from um, potential to form. Form is information. So in other words, information is energy. It's the no. It's the energy of knowing that's already taken form. So that knowing at the potential end of the continuum is actually not something, it is a process of how you know, like how you go from this second to this second, knowing something now in this second that you didn't know the second before, hmm. right? That process. So hmm. when you're in the Akashic Records as a flow of knowing, um, as the energy of knowing, it's a flow that comes to you so that in a moment you go from not knowing to knowing. Right. Right. So, so that means that, see, because um, in the way that I work with this, energy has three characteristics. One is that it has motion, right? It's always in motion. Two, it has intention, which means that there's direction to the motion. And then um, 
The third is knowing, and knowing is that process of how we know. So any flow of energy contains what we would think of from a static point of view as knowing. Mm -hmm. So anything, that's why anything has an Akashic record, because anything that's energy has that. And by knowing, I don't mean like what we differentiate as like between sentient beings and non-sentient beings. Like I'm not talking about that because obviously like the knowing that's in a rock is different than the knowing that's in my head. Mm -hmm. But yet there's still within a rock something that can be known, mm -hmm. like its origin or who last picked it up or any of that kind of thing, right? And so, so that like, for example, how is the Akashic Records different than say a psychic reading? Well, right. generally a psychic reading, the people are not intentionally going into the records. They're picking up on the, the knowing and the energy field around the person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, um, Reiki has a flow of knowing in it as well. Um, and it's not the Akashic Records. You can connect the Akashic Records and Reiki together, but that's an intentional thing. So the knowing, the flow of knowing of the Akashic Records is an intentional connection between the knowing of divine mind and our forms. Is there anything to fear about going into your Akashic Records? Mm, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I would say no. Okay. Um, for two reasons. One is because both the agreements and the blessing create sacred space that doesn't include anything you need to be worried about. Okay. Um, and also because it, it, the only thing you really need to be worried about is what you bring with you, right? So mm -hmm. if you're worried, yeah, okay, maybe you do need to be concerned. But right. generally speaking, that there's, I mean, you're, you know, and that's why I focus all of this towards potential because you're dealing there with energy that's, you know, I mean, from our static point of view is benign. It's not, it's not harmful. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so there's nothing here that you have to practice, you know, like say psychic self-defense or something like that. So you're, you're really looking at potential versus prediction is what I'm hearing. Yes. Would that be yes. fair to say? Okay. Yes. It's very much, you know, you're on this train and if you take it to the, st the next station, that's where you'll head. That's where you'll end up. But that doesn't mean you can't get off the train. Right. You know, and it's also more about probability, right? Like we, we all have the potential to be astronauts. The probability that any three of us tomorrow will be an astronaut <laughs> pretty darn low. Right. So yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. So it's, yeah. <laughs> right. So there, there isn't anything in this that is not about, let's say, self free determine, you know, self determination, right? If, or you know, or anything that goes against free choice. I mean, even if you receive something in the records that just feels like awesome truth to you, you still have a choice about whether you're going to follow that or not. Mm -hmm. Right. So. One of the you have a, another book that is about um, the, the questions you can ask or good questions yes. to ask, which is awesome. And uh, we only have about two minutes, um, but what is my truth today? Seems uh, a wonderful question to ask. I love that question. As you probably know from looking at that book, that, that question changed my life. Did it? Um, it really, 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 truly did. Um, 
it came, part of it was because it came from someone who I regarded as one of my best spiritual teachers. And it came at a time that I, oh my God, I needed that, right? Like, and, and so part of it, so when you ask, what is my truth today? There's two things I think that are happening in the records. One is that it's a question that you can't predict the answer. Hmm. You may want to think you can predict the answer, but you sure. can't predict the answer. Right. And then the other part of it is this idea that you can get to your own truth. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, when I started, I learned that question when I was about six months into my practice, when I first learned how to open and I started answering, asking that question every time I opened my records, mm-hmm. every time I opened my records mm-hmm. and so much so that these days they answer the que- they answer the question before I even ask it, right? Like, oh, she wants her truth. Here, let's do this. And um, but being able to hear that and doing that time after time helped me believe in myself in a way that before I hadn't been able to do. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cheryl, we haven't had enough time with you. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll come back. (laughs) That sounds good. That sounds good. Thank you. you. Well, thank you so much for coming on Big Universe. It's been great to have you on. Thank you so much, Jim and Sarah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And by the way, I peeked at Sarah's uh, records and lots of licorice, lots of Twizzlers (laughs) in there. Yeah, I was trying Oh my God, that's that. true. Yes, I knew it. Jim, Jim, you have potential in this. I'll have, to work, I'll have to practice. I, I didn't enter in any agreement, so I'll have to work on that. We got to work on your ethics of looking <laughs> at my right. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate that. <laughs> to learn more about Cheryl Marlene and the Akashic Records, visit CherylMarlene.com, and that's M-A-R-L-E-N-E. Uh, For more information about Sarah Bowen, go to spiritual-rebel.com. I've got premium video courses, and I help people create them on my website at youthrivehere.com. I hope you'll join me there. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.